At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Bread Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we're serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? Jillian, it's Q4. Already? Already. That's what's on my mind. Q4 is here, and what comes next is the end of the year and closing the books and financials. Oh, my. Oh, dear. How how did that happen? I don't know. (laughs) Last time I checked, we just started. Here we go again. Here we go again. So the obvious question that comes to mind is, how are the revenues? Are we executing to plan in our startups? Okay. Okay. So if my startup is pre-revenue, exactly why does that matter? I mean, what about all those companies who get funded for, you know, billions? Oh, okay. At least millions and exactly zero bucks in their revenue columns. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because I thought many listeners would too. So I turned to one of our favorite sources, Mark Schuster at Both Sides Mm -hmm. Now, who has said for years, Ring the freaking cash register. By the way, we're grateful to Mark for giving us that great headline on this episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. He always does. Ring the freaking cash register. So the reason is that while you're building the next unicorn, you still have to have cash to operate, pay your bills, you know, all that mundane stuff. One of our Outlines Venture Group companies, Sinky, gets that and is, has maintained enough revenues to keep the doors open, sales closing, and their software a building until they received funding. And, you know, i got to give kudos and a shout out to the CEO, Michael Weissman, for seeing that. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the reasons, by the way, where you said to me, I guess years ago already, where you said, if Michael Weissman is at the helm, I'm in. That's the kind of CEO you want to follow. And yeah, it's the kind of CEO who makes sure that he's got enough, you know, rope. Pretty good stuff. Right. 
So Mark Schuster says that if you are one of those Silicon Valley whiz kids whom the VCs are chasing, you can stop listening here. But if you are the 99.99% of the rest of the startup world, you need to focus on monetization, no matter how long you're willing to subsist on ramen. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And there's only so much you can do with that ramen noodle stage. Not everybody's going to be willing to go do it with you, right? No money, no business. And you can't always raise cash. So here's why. Schuster says weekly he sees companies with no revenue and 150,000 burn rate that raise two and a half million and have four weeks cash left. I often Mm -hmm. wonder... He says, why they didn't find a way to bring in some revenue to cover costs. Isn't this what mere mortal businesses are supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I wondered about that, too. It, it seems such simple common sense. Although, i got to admit, uh, such is a rare commodity in the startup world, or so it no, seems. that's true. Right. That's true enough. I would agree. All right. So where do we go from there? Well, there are really big few, uh, really a few big supernova startups for which the need for revenue is counterintuitive. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat. That said, Mm -hmm. I noted many in 2011 saying one of them needed to find a revenue engine fast. That was Facebook where every new member was costing them $1. And remember, they grew to seven plus billion. Right. While your cost per acquisition of a customer may be ridiculously low, like a buck, if you can't monetize it, you're in deep trouble. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. The point is, while we may have really great startups with huge potential markets, you know, like Brett approved, to disrupt their verticals, there are very few of us riding on the back of another Facebook So let's get over the grandiose dreams right now and focus on how we're going to keep the lights on and more critically, keep the coders coding and the sales team closing. Schuster's newsflash for entrepreneurs was that if that mythical non-unicorn that he was talking about had $75,000 per month in revenue, it would have eight months cash left instead of four. And maybe by month eight would be burning only $40,000 per month, which would make it much easier to get an internal round of funding. Now, I know you spend a lot of time talking to funders, and what Schuster is saying is that investors think, hmm, should I write off two and a half million or put in 16%, 400,000 more, to see if we can get to a break even and maybe even find more money in our magic growth curve? There's a lot more in his post, so we'll put it up on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com CEO Coach Podcast. I have to say that is so sensible. I wonder, what was the question? Right. So, you know, the answer comes in again and again, Anne, right? It's get the freaking cash register going, right? So thanks again to Mark Schuster. So we've really spent quite a bit of time sorting out the problem. And the problem is that the burn rate continues. Raising capital is not always possible. The fourth quarter of the year is here. We've got to prove to somebody somewhere, somehow that we can keep the lights on. The question is, do you need to raise capital immediately? Possibly, even if you don't, 
what's preventing your company from making income now? So we should really consider, you know, are there really any companies where you'd say focusing on income is a really bad idea at this stage? And the answer I would agree with you had to do with, you know, the monsters, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat, even Waze. These are companies where it was hugely important that the community at large was engaging far more so than how to monetize them over time. Indeed. And there is even kind of a logical explanation going around that if you have revenues, then the potential funding sources can beat you up on your revenues. So better not to have revenues. Mm -hmm. I still got to wonder at that kind of logic, because in a business, are we not there to make money? Within reason, yes, I agree. And yes, there is, by the way, this thing where you'll get beaten up over the fact that you did bring in some revenue. Even more so, uh, oddly, is if you use services to bring in revenue, yes, people can say, but your services revenue is actually diluting the value of your product revenue and so on. So we need to take a break here and we're going to address some very important issues around that. And should you raise that revenue? The answer is really yes to almost every single person out there, right? And we'll explain why and we'll get back to it. So um, we don't want to leave you guys without some concrete ideas on how to do that as well. So when we get back, we'll discuss the whys and the hows. And after all, Q4 can roar in like a lion and it can certainly freak us out. (laughs) So we'll be looking for ways to raise revenues when we take a break from our sponsors. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at Ezoic.com and join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with Ezoic. That's E-Z-O-I-C.com. Ezoic, make your website smarter. Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about revenues, raising revenues in Q4 before the end of the year and making sure that you have enough rope to get you well into the following year. Welcome back, Anne. Hi, Jillian. Hey, we talked a little bit last time about the beginning here about 
whether one needs to raise revenue, the very few companies that really should be focusing only on building a community, and then about the fact that we need to talk about how to raise that revenue and what are the implications, especially if you use things like services to go fund your software. Now, I think it's a time-honored tradition, and I think it's a great way to go. But before we get into all those bits and pieces, you have a really good series of hard tips. Uh, let's run through some of them. Okay. Um, there, because I don't like to propose a problem without giving some idea of the solution. And I know what we do on this uh, podcast is we try and give people actions that they can take to improve things. So if we want to ring the freaking cash register, mm -hmm. uh, how do we do that? Well, there's I'm, really only a few ways, right? Yeah. I think of dividing um, companies into three large buckets, services, software, and retail. And there are different ways for each because there are different ways that these companies make money. Let's start with services, something I know intimately well. I faced this issue at Beyond Inc., you know, my digital mm -hmm. agency. I had mouths to feed and, you yeah. know, the staff depended on me for their uh, living. So yeah. I felt very keenly that it was necessary to make the numbers at the end of the year. But I also learned that you can pretty much count on things to slow down to a dribble in December. Yeah. And so I had to find ways to boost sales before then to get us through to the end of the year. And one idea I came up with one year, uh, it might have been during one or another of those dot-com crashes because I lived through three. Um, mm -hmm. One idea that I found effective was to offer customers a time limit, and I mean very time limited access to a service that they were not using. This was to current customers only. And depending on what services they had uh, contracted with us, I would give them an opportunity to have another at some, a, a better, a slightly reduced price. On the whole, I am not in favor of reducing prices. I think people value what they pay for. And I think your price is very much a part of your brand. That said, for some of our best customers, uh, we give them a, a specially designed program of something that they could have that they didn't have. And sometimes they would continue with it after the, uh, after the uh, time the, the limit was up. That mm -hmm. said, there were always inevitably some uh, Johnny come lately who would show up four months into the next year saying, hey, could I have this deal? And that's when we had to be tough. And say, mm -hmm. nope, that that ship has sailed. Right. So, um, I think making scarcity uh, is a really good idea. Um, so not doing things only with, uh, you know, cash reductions is an important thing. Giving people a taste of something, if you will, a beta test, right, of something makes all kinds of sense as you need to pull in capital early. Um, so even if you don't have, for example, your entire website built out and you're still moving towards those minimum viable products, or as uh, Rand Fishkin would say, minimal, minimum excellent products and so on, even if you're doing those kinds of things, there are ways to pull in cash, as you say, Anne, uh, by giving people a taste of what's to come at a much lower cost. At least it spreads out your lifeline. Exactly. And the point, again, is to 
bring cash into the account. Ring that freaking cash register. Gosh, I love that. Yes. So, Retail is different, and holiday shopping expectations generally make Q4 revenues look pretty secure. And in fact, we know that many retailers are not even in the black until the holiday shopping. Right. That's what Black Friday is all about. Yeah, and Cyber Monday. And actually, the current statistics show that the last year in particular, the Black Friday response was kind of peaked, and that was because of Cyber Monday. So Mm e-commerce is the place to focus. However, if you're an e-commerce site, are you ready? Did you know, Jillian, Mm -hmm. that 10 major online retailers have already published and promoted Cyber Monday deals to sign up buyers? In fact, got that they did so pause. last month. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that really should give you pause. It gives you an idea of what's going on. Certainly, we see television shows with advertising and so on already about laying away for Christmas and that sort of thing. So, yes, you, you start very, very early for it. But if you have any kind of a retail shop, and we know, obviously, a lot of folks, for example, we speak at the Miva conference every year. A lot of folks are out there doing retail work on e-commerce sites. That's something you better be thinking about right now. What are you going to do for Cyber Monday? And have you sent out emails to your constituency, if you will, to your community of buyers, making sure they know in advance this stuff is coming? If you don't, they will be going somewhere else to make sure that they've got their holiday shopping lists filled. Right. And the ones that we're talking about that already have these deals out there, advance of Cyber Monday, which, by the way, is the last Monday in November. Yes. Next month, you know. Yeah, Um, exactly. Geep, Lenovo, Home Depot, Cabela's. Wait, 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 wait. Cabela's? The outdoorsy type shop online? You bet they do. Yeah, that's interesting. So yes, um, everybody does shop online, REI, that sort of thing. One of the first online. So we do know that. And I would say regardless of what you're selling, that's really an important element. What about um, B2B though? And the answer there, I would say, not so much in terms of things like a Cyber Monday effect, obviously, but there are still end of year effects. Those with budgets to be you know, burned before the next year include anything. And like the major four And I would say that if you're doing a B2B push, now's the time to be talking to them in October about what's coming in November and December on your list of things you'd like them to test out. And that harkens back to what you were saying before, Anne. Give them a taste of something. They may want to continue it in the next year. Yeah, what a great idea. The other thing to remember um, when you're talking about uh, uh, selling software or SaaS um, is that Uh, You may have a very, very long sales cycle, particularly if you're selling into big enterprises. Mm -hmm. Q4 is when next year's budgets are getting formed and often inked or cast in stone. And you may not have the opportunity again until the following Q4, a year later, to sell into those enterprises. So this is an excellent time to to, uh, focus on that and um, make sure that uh, your sales team is up to speed 
and that they have sufficient backup in terms of whatever they need, mm -hmm. collateral, um, sales engineers to help do demos, all that kind of stuff. Right. And of all the tips we're talking about today, for those in the B2B online space, absolutely, that's the critical thing you do this month. You make sure that your sales team is well girded because in October, uh, in November, late October, really, and November and December, if they don't make it very plain that they're ready to sell and close deals in January, that budget's going to be gone. It will never have been set with any name of your company on that line. So here we go. So if you're an online retailer now, and what happens next then? Well, what happens next is you should already have engaged your online advertising programs. Those are critical at this time. You should have your own Cyber Monday deals out there. One of the great things about working online is you can produce things instantaneously, unlike the old days when we had to, took weeks to publish and months to publish mm -hmm. magazine ads and that sort of thing. So no matter what your company is, if you need to raise near-term cash, is there someone in your payroll who has an expertise who could be sent out on a consulting gig? And I say mm -hmm. this with a fair amount of hesitation because you don't want to risk progress at your company. But yeah. if you can raise, you know, a few thousand to get you through the next week, keep the lights on. Um, it may be something to consider. Yeah. And actually um, I do counsel that a lot and we've just employed that in one of our firms as well, where we're going out and selling a, you know, a package of services um, to uh, properties and venues and so on, and really leveraging the CEO um, to get out there and get that kind of thing done. Uh, sometimes it's keeping the lights on for the company. Sometimes it's making sure that folks who have been eating ramen too long are able to feed their own families, whatever it takes without really getting the focus entirely away from the company. One of the other portfolio companies we have, for example, one of the partners had to leave and go feed himself, you know, by getting a different kind of job, right? So you have to look at it. Either you can lose one of your key team players, or you could send them out temporarily to make sure that they've got food in their mouths. Yeah. There's a balance. And sadly, we find that way too often in early stage companies. And those are hard decisions to make. They sure are. So let's let's uh, bring up a few tips on how to close sales, since what we're talking about is okay. closing sales as quickly as possible. The sales hunter, who day by day is also known as Mark Hunter and the author of High Profit Prospecting, um, has a very good list of tips on how to tune up your sales team or your own efforts. Because you know, let's face it, sometimes the CEO is your sales team. That is correct. Right. Sometimes it's all about you. Right. I actually enjoyed that list very much. That was a good thing that you called out. Uh, we'll put a link to that on our Facebook page, right? Yep. And okay. uh, we've got, uh, um, I'll go through a couple of them quickly and then before the break, and then we can finish them up later. Customer contact. Uh, use the first 10 minutes after coming back from lunch to make prospecting calls. Makes yep. all kinds of sense. It's just timing. Literally, yep. know when your customer's likely to be back at their desk. And finding those little bits of time in your day. Uh, contact all your customers who have purchased from you in the past. All of them. Make sure you contact every customer at least twice as often as they normally buy. And before you go home, make just one more call. In other words, why aren't you on the phone? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are, you know, it's, it's difficult to get into the mindset of a salesperson, especially for those wizards out there, right? People for whom sales is an antithesis. And yet, if you consider it more as, if you will, market research, what do these people think of my product? Is my product saleable? You can get your head into this a little bit better. This is hard stuff for people who don't have sales coming to them naturally but it's yep. a killer to your company. Yeah. So let's take a break now the and then we'll come back with more tips from Mark Hunter about how to get your freaking cash register ringing. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to Rockstar level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about raising revenues in Q4 before the end of the year. So, Anne, what are your hottest tips for raising revenue? Well, I want to go back quickly to a couple of more things that Mark Hunter had, which are truly hot tips. One is we talked about finding more little pockets of time to contact customers. The follow-up is really important. And Mark Hunter says, confirm your orders with a phone call in addition to your email or if you're using fax, the fax. And when Mm -hmm. you do, always suggest one more specific item or service that they haven't ordered. Just suggest it when you confirm their order. And Mm -hmm. Always send one more piece of information about another item of benefit to your customer, just because you want to keep their minds flowing about how they can purchase more from you, things they may not have thought of, things they may not be aware that you do. Um, And here's one of my favorites. This is what made Nordstrom a top service store. Send a handwritten thank you note with at least every other purchase. Handwritten. Handwritten makes a huge difference. It really says there are human beings behind this product, behind the service, behind whatever. It's an amazing difference. And yes, it will help you to close more sales along the way. So very interesting stuff. Okay. And and last, Mm -hmm. this is huge. I've heard this not just from Mark Hunter, but many, many other sales gurus. 
don't waste your time on cold prospects. Okay, so if you're not going to go with a cold prospect, how do you get the warm ones? <laughs> That's a whole nother show, Jillian. On okay, <laughs> we will, and, and we'll do it. Do it. Yes, we will do another show. And really, it's about networking, if you will, or getting from one reference to another to find yourself a warm sale. I would agree with you, Anne. Don't waste your time on cold calls. Yeah, because they are what you like to call, Jillian, client wannabes who will not commit dollars to becoming a customer but keep you on the line. And I've always suspected my snarkier self that uh, they can pick your brains for free. Well, that's not going to put cash in the bank, is it? (laughs) Absolutely. Totally agree with you with that. So I think as we wrap up today, really, this is about facing your startup's need to ring that freaking cash register. You're going to have to get comfortable understanding that revenue will make your company more attractive to funding sources, not less. Regardless of the fact that you might be using services to fund the development of your software. If you put it in that light, it will not dilute the value of your corporation. You've got to energize your sales team, and sometimes your sales team is just you. We get that. You're going to have to dedicate time to increase customer contacts. First of all, it will tell you whether what you're building is about to be useful to anyone, and you can do so by selling a bit of services along the way. Some consulting, because you know what you're talking about, or you'd better if you're making that software, right, makes all the difference. You will find yourself learning as much as your customers do and putting a few bucks in your pocket along the way. And the last one, Anne, is... End non-productive calls and leads quickly and move on. Peter Kazanli, who is the founder of Talent Bin that got sold to Monster, said you have to be ruthless about cutting off unproductive conversations with marginal opportunities, which, he says, gunk up your pipeline. Ugh. Ugh. Right. So here it is, Q4. What you need to do this month is sort out how to put regular revenue on the table to extend the lifeline of your own company before you make the serious bucks. And that's what happens if you're in the first year of business. So those are really three good tips and, you know, facing up to the fact that you need the money, energizing your sales team, even when it's just you, right? And certainly ending those non-productive calls quickly or non-productive leads and moving on. But I'd like to close on a broader message here. When people are looking at this, especially if you're building something like B2C or B2B software, and many of our listeners are, there is this constant concern that if you don't continue to focus and to finish up that job of building the software and rather spend some of your energy making money, that you're going to be diluting the process and therefore be in worse shape. And not only that, if you use services to do it, you You'll find that investors are looking at it and saying, well, you're a services company, you're not interesting. I think that's important to get your head around what you're doing, why you do it, and how you do it. So what you're doing is enabling your team to build some software. How you're doing it is by selling the thing that you have in your pocket now, whatever you can, right? This is, you know, puttanesca, whatever's in the drawer, you're going to make it now, right? And that generally is consulting services. So you don't spend a huge amount of time creating consulting services packages, but you do focus on what you can sell today. 
let's say it's consulting. And then the final thing is, how are you going to describe it to the investors? And what you tell them is, we are extending the value of our funding by consulting in order to build services, so we have a few bucks on the table. But far more importantly, we're out there meeting with our potential customers. These are the customers of the product we're building, and we're getting their input. This is far more market research than it is money on the table. You'll put on a few thousand dollars on the table, absolutely. But what you're really doing is getting market research to build whatever you're building and doing it far, far better. Makes more sense, doesn't it? It sure does. And on that note, we have to say that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. And also at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on Facebook.com CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next week.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.